Welcome back to the Canadian Gun Vault Behind the Vault Door. My name is Mark Morelli. I'll be your podcast host. Uh, you know, been an interesting week. A lot, uh, lot going on, of course, as always here at the Canadian Gun Vault. We keep uh, quite busy. Uh, what's been going on in the news lately? How about we start with that? Um, you know, seeing the, um, the voices of uh, conservative leadership speaking on our behalf and saying that we are... Uh, clearly not the problem, and that the proposed measures, uh, you know, being suggested by the uh, current liberal government will be nothing more than expensive, ineffective ways to try and punish the firearm community. Um, of course, you know, you've got the liberal government now saying, well, yeah, okay, well, we haven't, you know, really addressed the gang issues yet. We've got probably another piece of legislation coming. That's my guess, is they'll probably draft up something else. Oh, that was for the gun owners. Yes. Oh, no, no. We have something completely different for, you know, the gang members and the real criminals. Uh, apparently, it's called C-75. That's uh, that's where they reduce the, the penalties for some of the most serious crimes in the country. Uh, you know, that doesn't really make a lot of sense to me. Uh, when I found out what was contained in C-71, you know, and I saw, you know, the dangers in it, uh, to to know that it was immediately followed by C-75, which, of course, seemed to go very uh, leniently uh, on, the, on the, uh, the people that would you know, perpetrate the worst crimes. You know, I, I knew we were in for, you know, a rough ride some time ago, but uh, this one was like, what? And so, you know, to bring that to people's attention, uh, I think I think we have a rare opportunity. Uh, certainly, with a liberal government, we're at a terrible disadvantage. But we have a rare opportunity to uh, put forward all of our gripes. And of course, people keep asking me about you know Max and his policies. And, you know, for the people uh, they've never heard of Max Bernier before, uh, I, I love Max. I really do. I, you know, uh, I don't know him personally. I just I I, I love what he stands for. At least. Uh, you know what I've seen so far. There is some, you know, questions that I would have revolving around his timing. You know, and I would never accuse Max of being involved in anything because that would be wrong. But uh, the timing of uh, his throwing his hat in the ring and and uh, you know forming his own party uh, could not be worse. And, you know, some people have, you know, made it a point to express that they believe that move to be very selfish, you know, and uncharacteristically so, um, would have, I'm sure, a lot of eyebrows raising, and with good reason, uh, you know, like, I mean, if our best chance of defeating this Trudeau government lies in, you know, the largest, most well-known group, uh, I, don't, I don't get the feeling that people are going to want to vote NDP, and I think that... Uh, in the places where, you know, you, you've seen um, that kind of leadership, uh, people have been very unhappy. So I think this time around, you know, we had a really great shot at a conservative, you know, supermajority. And if how it went down in Ontario is any indication of how the rest of it may go, uh, you know, we decimated the Liberal Party uh, down to like like seven seats. The running joke is it's not enough to fit, uh, you know, the same number of people in a minivan. So, you know, to have our chances at that supermajority, you know, the, the, the much needed supermajority, uh, 
love to see a you know giant show of support to the uh, for the return of common sense here in Canada. You know, in the form of a supermajority conservative government, but then Max busts off, and I mean, I, I think that it's become pretty much common knowledge now that the farm community is more organized than they've ever been. And, you know, we're definitely uh, communicating with one another online. So, you know, what better way, you know, to divide that very strong, um, you know, presence in, in, in the world of voting and divide them? You know, so what do you do? Uh, you know, if I was if I was playing for the other team and I wanted to be an ass, you know, I would create something that would, you know, appeal to a lot of people in that group. And, uh, you know, send somebody out with some kind of credibility with them. If you could buy them, you know, again, um, you know, not suggesting that any of those practices are something that I would endorse or approve of, uh, terribly unethical, if that is the case. But I mean, if I was, if I was a low life bent on winning no matter what and willing to do just about anything uh, ethical or not, you know, I'd probably do that. I'd try probably try and buy somebody, you know, that that was, um, you know, well respected member of the community. And, you know, have them go out there with policies that, you know, would draw away a certain number of votes and uh, in hopes of, you know, dividing that community, which has been always the play, uh, you know, to divide the farm community into little subsets. That's the whole classification is based on that. It's got nothing to do with public safety. There's no real need for, you know, a 12-4, a 12-5, a 12-6 class. I mean, if you're in a class of prohibited firearms, you know, you're just grandfathered to own, you know, those types of firearms that were present, uh, you know, before. And everybody who has that license should at the very least have access to all the other things that they had access to then. Uh, if they're out there, that would increase the size of, you know, of course, the... Uh, you know, the trading and, and buying and selling communities and would uh, ultimately raise the values of these items by opening up the markets a little bit to, again, people that are approved to have firearms of a similar nature in terms of, you know, their, their status, you know, prohibited. So, you know, you, you've got, you know, these people making these ridiculous rules and, and you know, of course, now they're going to use it as a wedge issue uh, in the election. You know, I, I'm definitely thinking that Brian was absolutely right. They, they want to paint the conservatives up perhaps to be these heartless bastards that would like, you know, try and, you know, relax gun laws when everybody out there is getting shot. And so to mislead, you know, with poor information or, you know, just outright lies, uh, the general public into thinking that there's a, a problem that exists within our community, which it does not. And, and statistically, it's just proven. Like, that's that's the way it is. Like, I'm sorry, there's this group of people, um, you know, much like, you know, owning cars legally and having them licensed and registered and stickered up and insured and, and going through all the necessary legal steps to make it roadworthy and, you know, having all those different phases of approval that all cost money. You know, then you got the guy that's never had a license or he had it taken away even better. And he's driving around in a car uh, that he stole and he's committing crimes while using that car. And I mean, to compare, you know, those two groups, I'm going to argue that there's a lot more people that, you know, are out there driving cars uh, legally. Um, you know, and, and people hate that, you know, that, that, that parallel that gets drawn between cars and, you know, guns and they're not the same thing. Well, you know, they're, of course, they're not. But, you know, it's, it's a good analogy, though. Uh, there's a lot of people out there that, you know, use cars every day that never hurt anybody. And you know what? Everybody knows about it because they're out there. They're driving around. 
Whereas within the firearm community, again, you know, the same uh, reality exists. There's all these people out there that are using these things and they use them every day and they use them safely. And there's, you know, no injuries to speak of at, at any of these places uh, where people do this. And, you know, they're not involved in any kind of crimes. So, so just, just like the drivers in the cars, they're all out there just doing their thing. But the thing is, is with the firearm community, nobody really talks about it. And it's kind of, you know, uh, it's one of those things you do away from people, you know, in, in, in open areas, uh, you know, with safe backstops and at approved ranges, um, you know. And it's generally speaking, it's, it's away from, you know, the population. So they really don't know how, how safe we are and, you know, how regimented it is. And, and, you know, just like a lot of times people just operate under the assumption that we are like the Americans and, and, and we're not. Our system is completely different and they have a completely different set of, you know, um, rules and regulations and, and, you know, certainly their Second Amendment makes, the, makes it possible, uh, you know, in many instances, in many states to carry firearms uh, for the purpose of self-defense. Which is, which is really something that doesn't exist here in Canada in, in, in a similar sense. Uh, certainly the people uh, of the United States have their Second Amendment and they exercise that right in the form of, you know, an approved, uh, you know, carrying of a loaded gun for the purpose, the express purpose of, you know, self-defense. And they have that down there. And I, I respect that. <clears throat> I don't necessarily believe that we should have it up here. I mean, a lot of people get down on me for that. But the truth is, is that I, I really don't believe that, you know, everybody should be running around with guns. And I mean, there, there are people out there, yeah, they probably say, ah, oh, you know, you're soft, CGV, what the hell. It, no, no, I, I think I think that ever come a day when it's absolutely, you know, something that people need. You know, it's not, not just a want. Like, I mean, if you, you know, if you need to carry a gun for self-defense, it probably means we've fallen pretty far. You know, so not in a big rush. And, I mean, they do have the ability to, you know, approve of, of those types of things. You know, there's already the wilderness carry. There are some rare instances where people qualify uh, for the purpose of, of carrying a firearm. There are courses that have to be taken. They don't just say, okay, I guess you qualify. You know, uh, somebody's threatened your life so you can carry a gun and then just say, go to the store and get one. Like, I mean, you do have to take courses and, and train in their use and the safe handling of uh, these items. So, you know, and, and I'd like to believe that that goes on in the United States as well. But as a general practice, people get trained to carry the guns. And, and some people, I think, uh, perhaps take to it a little faster than others. Uh, but we don't have that here in Canada. And, and again, you know, things are different. And I hate the idea of the anti-gun community misleading the public. Uh, you know, shame on them. Uh, nothing new, though. Uh, something certainly that I've grown accustomed to. Uh, I've been watching this community uh, fight uphill battles for the, you know, the last 30 years. I, I can tell you that I, I understand, you know, why it happens, because they really don't have any uh, sound arguments that aren't emotionally driven sort of nonsense in most cases. Um, there, there are some things that could be different, and I would argue that uh, the Firearm Act would have to change, uh, you know, very much so. And, uh, you know, back to, you know, Mr. Bernier, who has some great policies. I, I just think that, you know, we need to go with our best bet for uh, overturning this government. Uh, it's like so much bad soil <laughs> to, you know, put the shovel in and, you know, stick it upside down. Like it really, um, you know, I think more now than ever, it's become apparent to me that this government not survive the next election. And when I say that, I mean, we, we have to exercise uh, our right to vote them out of office and put in a better government. And some people feel that, you know, Max, uh, Max and his philosophies would, um, you know, make that possible. I can tell you that I think that Max's time is coming. And I think that Max is just going to have to be a little more patient. Uh, I wish, you know, he had waited 
it wouldn't make me second guess certain things. Um, you know, he seems like a decent man, so I, I'm going to uh, give him the benefit of the doubt and not assume the worst. But, you know, if we're going to win this thing, we got to go with our best chance, and that means going with the, the best known and the people that have, you know, the support already, uh, the established you know, support, and for the people out there that think, you know, no, this is our opportunity to, you know, change everything. Well, no, uh, I think we got to go with our best opportunity to change what we got right now, and that that may mean, you know, uh, voting the way of, you know, the change we need, not the change we want. Uh, we'll start there. So I would suggest that everybody throw their weight behind the conservative government. Uh, people have asked me what it is that makes me feel that way. I'm just going to say yes, do that. I do that, and I think that's our best chance at overturning this government and getting rid of it. And, you know, next time around, if Max is still running, I can tell you right now, the uh, Conservative Party have better have done one hell of a job. And, and that's the way I'd like to see it roll out. Uh, you know, this is Max's first uh, big kick at the cat. Uh, I don't want to see him disappear. You know, like I said, I believe he's a good man, uh, but I, I think though that it's just too soon. You know, some people said the same thing about Trudeau. Anyway, that's about all the time we have. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe to us on YouTube. And as always, Canada, don't forget to shoot straight. Stay safe.